Yo, yo, what's good? It's your boy Roy, and it's another episode of Sync Gems. Today, I'm actually, I'm really excited for this. It's a, it's a long time in the making, and today we got Kay Sparks. He's an artist, an educator, a CEO, and an amazing human. I'm not gonna start telling you about his placement. He's an OG, he has placements everywhere. He has uh, collaborations with the greatest. And he started off as an artist, then became a ghostwriter, uh, got picked up by a label, and then got into sync in 2007. So you can imagine how much experience this dude has in the space and in general i didn't know uh he was such a vet before the interview so it got me by surprise the guy is just so knowledgeable and was able to drop so many gems throughout this podcast um we are talking about why humble is the new cocky um we talk about nine to fives and why a lot of people shouldn't quit their nine to fives. We talk about your network. We talk about a brilliant concept that I've, I've never heard so eloquently put towards the end of the podcast. And I think y'all will be blown away from this one. And Caseparks is really on a mission to educate people as well. And he's not in it for a quick money grab. He's in it to educate and to let people know about the space. And therefore, for him, the value that he gets from it is working with people who are more knowledgeable about it. So I'm going to leave all his uh, details and site and everything in the show notes. But really tune into this one because it's a huge gem. If y'all dig this podcast, go follow the podcast on your mobile device follow it on spotify and on apple podcast this is how you let the algorithm know that this podcast is amazing and also if you've done that already and you want to make my day give it a five star rating on either of the platforms whatever you're listening to it on give it a five star rating and a review if you're on Apple Podcast or a podcast platform that you can review it on. If you dig the little snippets that I put online, just go ahead and reshare it. Put it on your socials, on your stories, and tag me. This all means the world. This keeps me going, and this keeps me bringing amazing, amazing guests like K-Sparks. So, without further ado... Hey Sparks, what's good? What's good? What's up? What's up, my brother? How is everything, man? How are you? I'm great, man. Nice and nice and warm here in Bali. And <laughs> I know you're in uh you're in uh, NYC. Yes, um, yes. That's that's the first place I went to in the States when I when I in the hustle and bustle days. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, no no place like New York, man. Oh no. man. I could say the same about Bali, but but let's 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 agree to agree. I mean, everyone yes. has their preference. That's um, right. That's right, man. So we've been we've been chopping it up a little bit before this. Um, 
And with every guest, I like to first get into your story because you have such a rich uh, uh, um, bio. You have so many things under your belt. And I want to know, I actually want to know everything about your trajectory and what actually yeah, got okay, you okay. to where you are at right now, which you're working with Sync a lot, but you're mm -hmm. also doing, still doing these artist projects. You're still doing like ghostwriting. Is that correct? I, I just want to know yes. everything, man. Just tell me everything. Of course. Of course, man. Of course, brother. So, yeah. So I started in music uh, years ago. Um, <clears throat> born and raised in Queens, New York. So if anybody knows anything about Queens, they know like how hip hop culture is so prominent in Queens, New York. So growing up for me, I heard a lot of hip hop, Run DMC, LL Cool J, Nas, um, you know, Tragedy, Gaddafi, all these uh, pillars of hip hop. So growing up in an environment that was so rich culturally, you couldn't help but be immersed in the culture. So for me, I always had like a, a real passion for music. That was just a thing. My mom, she used to play a lot of gospel music in our household too. So I got a lot of different elements, whether that be gospel, soul, jazz, hip hop. So I would freestyle a lot in my neighborhood, um, doing a lot of back and forth with a lot of different local MCs, did a lot of talent shows. Then what ended up happening, we progressed to the mixtape era. So I was doing a lot of mixtapes. I probably pressed up like 10,000 CDs and we were just selling them out the trunk of my BMW at the time and just got it to a lot of bootleggers. They started bootlegging it. That took off. Then I got a call from my A&R up at Universal Records telling me that they really love my music. So from that point, I started doing a lot more writing, ghost writing for a lot of different acts. Uh, all the while still producing my own content, you know. Then I, I put a, a record together called Take Em High with, uh, with Kid Cudi, shout out to Cudi. Um, that record did like really well um, in the underground aspect because at that time, Cudi had just got his deal with, uh, with Ye for, uh, for his label good music so you know it just everything just kind of aligned at the right time then from that i started doing even more writing with a lot of producers that were in puffy's camp so getting a lot of tracks from those guys shopping those tracks um did a track for nick cannon as well on a project that he was working on at the time then from that progressed to doing even more projects um more albums and i got approached by a sync agent at the time to get into sync. So I really didn't know what sync was at the time. Um, you know, I just was like, okay, you know, this sounds interesting because prior to that, we really didn't have like a barometer for sync because, you know, we knew MC Hammer did a Taco Bell commercial, but we really didn't respect it. Right. So, you know, I was like, all right, I'll see what this is about. But true to her word, I did it. I got like maybe like $10,000 uh, after a couple of months for that. So I was like, wow, this is really something that's lucrative. Because prior to that, I was a part of the old business model, which is you get a record deal, you get radio play, you tour, you do it all over again. But Sync had exposed me to the opportunities that you no longer had to work so hard, you could work smarter. So you could have a song that you're getting paid for on the front end and the back end, because this song will get Sync for 10 grand. I get the 10 grand up front, then I get residual from publishing, I get residual from mechanical royalties. So that's when I started getting even more immersed in the sync world, started getting more placements, got like over a thousand songs with over a thousand placements to date. 
uh, work with a lot of brands. That's Ralph Lauren, uh, 50 Cent Power, uh, let's see, Vans, um, Calvin Klein, NBC, BET, Netflix, Hulu. The list goes on and on. You know, Monster Energy, Power Energy with LeBron James. So, so many sinks that I just continue to get throughout the years. So sync licensing has, has been awesome, man. You know, and then I kind of like, I became so successful that I just wanted to pay it forward. So in addition to doing music, ghostwriting and stuff like that, I do own and operate a sync licensing company called Rhythm Couture. And uh, we place music and TV and film as well. But also what's most important to me is paying it forward. So we do focus on financial literacy for musicians. So whether that be, uh, we just had a, a seminar uh, called Sync Music Success. So that was like a big event with a lot of heavy hitters in the sync licensing industry where they focused on educating musicians how to get their music and TV and film. So that was a huge success. Uh, and we're just spinning off monthly. Like we do like free workshops. Like we're going to start actually this month uh, for maybe like an hour each month. We're doing a free workshop. So paying it forward, man, you know, just trying to help artists, man. Because I've been so successful, so blessed that I feel it's only right to help each one teach one. And collaboration is greater than competition. So working with like-minded people, you know. So that's really like the condensed version, <laughs> you know, of my trajectory. It's very long, <laughs> you know. So I'm trying to try to give you the uh, the short short version, then, you know. Man, it sounds like though you've been through everything. You're talking like mixtape era, bro. You look like you're 30. Damn. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's uh, uh, yeah. so I'm I'm. Like it really, in in my head, I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, like it's it's like it's an OG. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you've you've kind of seen the landscape as what it was to what it is right now, and it feels like you were an early adopter of 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 this mindset of, okay, I can write a bunch of songs for artists that may or may not land, and I may or may not make money over it, but I also can actually create a catalog for myself that will uh, um, that will uh, uh, be somewhere and then make me residuals down the line as well. Mm-hmm. How did that pr- how did that uh, um, process go for you since you know like you've you you came up in an era where you know like wh- where being the front man is all the thing all, all it's about like being being uh, uh, making that making that uh, um, placement in a song or doing it wasn't sync wasn't a as you said it wasn't um a thing that everybody did what attracted you to it aside well, from I, it being being the the 10,000 upfront and then the residuals what what at the time made you think i mean till this day people don't think about sync as something that is uh, um uh, uh desirable what made it desirable for you so for a couple of reasons, right? Um, so first and foremost, I want to say um, rest in peace to Sarah Hunt. Sarah Hunt was my very first sync agent that I ever had. She, um, unfortunately, she passed away around Christmas of uh, 2023. So I want to say that um, because, you know, Sarah was an amazing person. And she's actually the person that reached out to me in 2007. So she introduced me to sync in 2007. So you think about it, now it's 2024. And we are far removed. It's like, uh, wow, 34, 15, like 17, almost 17 years I've been in this thing, right? So what I realized is that 
working as a traditional musician, it's actually more work. So like when when you have to you write music, you create it, you produce it, you master it, and then you hit the road and you gotta tour and you gotta do like in persons and all these things, it's very time consuming, you know? And I'm like the type of person like I'm not concerned with like fame. I never was. I always liked the fact that there were so many people I met in the music industry that were successful that were ghostwriters and they can actually live a normal life. Like you don't have to go out and be mobbed by people because they don't know who you are, nor do they care, but your bank account um, is perfectly fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So your quality, your quality of living is not contingent upon your fame. So I never really cared about fame. I was always focused with just enjoying what I do and reaping the benefits from that. And I saw that sync was the perfect opportunity to do that, you know? So you know, it wasn't so much contingent upon touring and stuff like that because, like, last year, um, you know, I, I did two. So over the course of the, of the last two years, I did um, I did three shows. Right, I had a, a sold out show in Italy um, last year. Then I had another one the year before, and I was in Paris as well. Right, but <clears throat> that's by choice. You know what I'm saying? Like it now, like if when shows present themselves. I can say, all right, I want to do it. You know, I don't have to do it, you know, because I make so much other income from sync. So the reality is that, like, it provides you that freedom and that liberty to move how you want to move, as opposed to being obligated to say, hey, this is the only way that I can generate income. So I like that, you know, and I really, that really piqued my interest, you know, so that was one of the things. And I like the fact that, like I said, there's so many mechanics behind sync. You get paid on the upfront, but you also get paid on the back end. So for artists, I think it's really like essential to think about what's important to you. Like, do you want to be famous? Do you want to deal with that? Um, or is fame not important to you? You know, are you more content with just being successful in your own right? And that was the determination I came to for myself, you know? Yeah. I think there is something about fame that people just don't understand when they wish for it. It's like, be careful what you wish for because I mean the, I had a friend who who one time uh, she she told me all I want is to be famous and I'm like geez that's not like that's not a good thing to wish for in general I don't think that anybody who's famous wants to be famous like it, it's 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 that thing where I feel like it's so taxing and demanding and reading enough if you read enough biographies uh, and and understand what these people have to go through on a daily basis it just um it just doesn't seem natural to me where yeah. where people would would want a piece of what's mine not even knowing what i'm experiencing in my personal life i think it's a really hard life to to experience and stepping down from that i mean is the most mature thing that i that i've done in my opinion, like being able to to release that and say, well, I mean, I'm able to now uh, uh, just chill, kick back, be myself, be a person and and go to uh, whatever, whatever I want, wherever I want, whenever I want, just because I'm making residual income. Mm-hmm. And and just because I'm making that back end and just because I'm having these collaborations and and there's other ways to to kind of skin this cat and too many people don't know about it. That's why 
all the talented people I grew up with, they're they're not doing tech or something or marketing or you know like something completely else. I think I'm the only person in my friend group who continued with music, um, mm-hmm. which was sad because all of us were musicians and they were probably way better than me. What do you think um, that a lot of people who get into sync, let's say they're they're not dipping their feet, but they're already making music for publishers. They're already starting to 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 get into that, go into that direction. What do you think they don't know that they should? <clears throat> so I think that there's um there's power in knowledge. Like they always say knowledge is power. So I think people who who want to get into it, I would say I start there to immerse yourself in the the information that is accurate and available. And I say that because the internet is a powerful tool, but there's a lot of misinformation floating around the internet as well. So I say that to say, if this is something that you truly want to be successful at, then you got to study it and you got to study the mechanics of it. So educate yourself with the landscape. Um, who are the players that are involved in this this industry? Who are the people that can help elevate you to the next level? Because in all things, you want to make sure that you're as successful as possible. And I always tell people all the time, your network is your net worth. So you got to align yourself with like-minded people that can help position you to win. So there's a lot of people in this space. Um, we actually just did a podcast. We, we have a podcast called Sync Music Mondays and where we talk about on that platform, different sync. And uh, this week's topic was um, separating um, legitimate sync music individuals from people who just kind of talk about it, but they're not really successful at it. So that's key, you know, doing your R&D, your research and development and making sure that you're aligned with the right companies, the right sync agents. Um, I always say, go to these websites. You know, if you get approached by a sync company or a sync agent and they want to sign you, then go to the website, click on the artist roster, browse that roster, see who they represent, then take it a step further and go to their social media profiles. Look at those profiles. See if these people are actively posting about getting placements because that's going to show you, right? Normally people, when they're successful, they want to show that because not that they want to brag, but they want to show people that they're being productive and what they're involved with is something that's sustainable. So you could do your own research to see like how effective these companies are, how effective these sync agents are. You know, So always do your, your research and development. That's one thing I say. Hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I I can totally resonate with that, and I can say that in the beginning, I fell. I, I I did a bunch of bad deals that still don't don't benefit me till to this day. But that only um, led me to doing these right deals. You know, like actually, like in my on my end, I actually talked to um, to to uh, like a bunch of supervisors, just sent cold messages and said. Where do you get your music from? Like that's all I said. I didn't. I never said to them like I want to submit my music to you. I want to give you my music. And then one of the, the probably twenty I sent to answered. Go to APM. Check out the the labels that put out music with APM. Go work with them. And I'm like word. And then I went in. Uh, did did my homework. Saw all the labels in APM, which is. It's it's a great thing to do in my opinion because it's just like big big uh, publishers that have a lot of sub publishers and uh, not sub publisher little pub, little labels 
And then you can kind of research and see what what fits um, mm -hmm. instead of going one company, one company, one company. Um, and that was that was the start for me. So a hundred percent, I agree with you. I I I I sin, and I told you, and I, I tell my listeners all the time, like for from me, you can listen to sync advice, but that's why I bring people like you because you're already in a place that for me it's kind of like I'm aspiring to be in, but I also have gotten a bunch of like a, a bunch of five figure checks i've i've done i've 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 been there a little bit but i want to bring on people like you who have actually uh, um put their skin in the game you know and and you're so right there's so much misinformation online and there's so much make money fast uh 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 information out there which sucks because sync is not like it it's like you're you need to build your your squad around you before you can make these get these opportunities because to get these opportunities you need to have that network and that's, that's powerful Roy. and you know what what you said is is key too because um you know we spoke about misinformation and now it, it's becoming where the landscape can become a bit predatory because you've got so many quote unquote sync gurus, um, so many quote unquote sync agents. Everybody's selling the e-course. Everybody, 100%. you know, they're pitching something, you know. And unfortunately, if you're not careful, then you can get taken advantage of, you know. So that's why I always say: do your due diligence to make sure that who you align yourself with are actually credible people and credible agencies, you know. Yeah, and also like as you were speaking about doing the R and D, like doing the research. If you, uh, I feel like we're in a day and age where cold emails and my just my experience don't really work anymore because people want to see that you're in actually interested in working with them. And if your email just seems like another generic email with uh, uh, MP3s and and shit like that that nobody wants to get, then nobody will actually answer you and you're, you're not going to be able to establish this net, net worth. Net, yeah, network. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. Because it's, it's so many people that are trying to, to get established in this space. So even my inbox on a monthly basis, man, I easily I get over like 800 emails within mm -hmm. a month. Mm -hmm. and, and we have people specifically that handle that. But people just, they want to get on. And I get it. You know, when you're hungry, you're an artist, and you want to get in a better position, sometimes you make irrational decisions. So to your point, always make sure, like, even the little things that you try to really understand how to properly approach somebody. Because everything is transactional. Here's, here's a big gem, right? Because th mm. this is the, the Sync Licensing Gems podcast. Hey. So we're going to get a gem here, right? Let's go. Everything is transactional. That's what people have to understand. So... Instead of asking for something, right, there's a difference between showing someone that you add value. So the, diff the, the, you know, the stark difference here is like, all right, if someone reaches out and say, hey, man, um, I want to get on. Can you put me on? You're asking for something. Now, if you flip that and change the verbiage and say, hey, listen, I went to your website. I appreciate the work that you guys do with the placements you got with Netflix and Hulu. I noticed that you don't have any conscious hip hop within your artist roster. Mm. I have some tracks that are readily available and they'll sample free. If you ever have the need for something like this, what can we do? So that's transactional. You see how like you change the verbiage from 
a, a want to something that basically you can barter with. Like I have something that you can potentially use. Yeah. So as a business, then the business could possibly see value in that to say, hey, you know what? It's like, look at yourself as a brand. You know, that's what I always tell all the artists. Like, look at yourself as Walmart. So if you walk into Walmart and you notice that they don't got no uh, no Jordans, right? You can yeah. say, hey, listen, I have to be a supplier for Jordans. And they very well might bite, right? Because it's all about supply and demand. So always... I say just always be strategic, um, strategy over emotion. So never be emotional because that makes, that causes rational, irrational decisions, you know? Has it ever happened to you that you were emotional in, in, in transactions? When I was younger, you know, because when you're young, there's, it's like you're just, you, you don't really think strategically. You're thinking right. with emotion. So. Right. I remember just, we were so young, like maybe like 16 years old, and, you know, just running down on record labels in the city. No meeting, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. just running down on labels. It's kind of like what Dame Dash and Jay-Z did to Russell Simmons, mm. where they went, I don't know if people heard the story, but they went down to Def Jam and they just dumped the bag of money on the table. Like, yo, we want to get a deal. Russell was like, yo, that's not how it works, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... Us kind of just doing, you know, wild stuff, man. Running down on people, like trying to get put on. I mean, and we did get put on, you know, but there, there's a more tactful and strategic way to be effective, yeah. you know, which I learned. It's interesting um, because the, it, it goes back to, you know, having a, um, a support group and a network of people who can actually tell you the truth to your face. And yes. the reason that it reminds me of that is because, like, I've had a thing in my family where where the the boat was basically uh, gonna gonna drown for the family in in a financial sense, and and you know, like everybody had to like really say what they think to uh, the person that it, that this problem was because of, and. And that prevented it from going from completely sinking. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is a lot of people like to um, like to make this idea sexy of 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 um, do what seems crazy and don't look back and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I do, uh, but there is there is like there is in in uh, some entrepreneurs are just like do what nobody can and no, what nobody would do and. And if people tell you you're, that's the one. If people tell you you're crazy, then you're probably doing the right thing, kind of thing. But I'm like, when I, I've I've thought about it so many times, just to to understand that this is so far from so far removed from the truth. And I'm sure that 99% of the people who listen to that advice failed because of that advice because it's so fucking dumb to have a bunch of people advising you and not listen to the shit they're saying. Just to stroke your ego and say, "Oh, I'm doing what the entrepreneur, this entrepreneur did, or like the Steve Jobs or the whoever," um, and and the, and the reason it reminds me of that is because it ties to what you were saying about net worth and what network and and people who and surrounding yourself with people who you actually trust their process, who actually have put in the work, who are putting the work, you know, like below and above you, being able to bring people up, but also being able to be mentored. Do you still 
to this day do you still have uh, uh, people who mentor you and and drive you forward and help you because it seems like you're very up to date with what's happening throughout and a lot of the people who you mentioned kind of dwindled down you know they're not as relevant as they were where you it seems like you're becoming more and more relevant uh, in the space in the sync space now but you know Yeah, de- definitely, bro. So, you know, so I'm, I'm going to tell you something, Roy. So, so the first thing I want to address is what you just said, um, which is very true. So when we talk about misinformation, there's so much misinformation on the Internet. And like you said, there are these fake gurus who these guys are fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys, they they tell people, oh, you know, oh, you know, yeah, just live on the edge. Uh, follow your passion. Follow your dreams. Um You know, I'm here to tell people, you know, there is no honey without the money. All right. So the reality is that at the end of the day, you got to move strategic and intelligently. I tell people all the time, in order to fund your dreams and be successful, whatever you have to do in a responsible way, do it. You know, there's, there's no shame. I think in the culture, this is like a, a, a shaming culture, right? Where it's like they want to shame people, you know, if you're just not wild and reckless you know, with reckless abandonment to pursue your dreams. And, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I believe that God gives us wisdom. God gives us um, spiritual intelligence, right? Because we got emotional intelligence. We got natural intelligence, but we also have to have a spiritual compass, right? And God is not out here wanting us to be fools, right? So I tell people all the time, if you got to work a job until your dream takes off to where it needs to go, there is no shame in having a nine to five. I know so many people that have used that as a springboard to fund what they're trying to do. You know, shout out to Storm Leroy. He always says your nine to five is your first business partner. Right. So I'll say it again. Your nine to five is your first business partner. That money, you can utilize that to fund what you're trying to do. You know, so don't let anyone shame you into thinking that, oh, you got to have this reckless abandonment and you're just being totally irresponsible because it's nothing. It's not cool about being broke as a joke. You know, let's talk about it. Right. You know, and dreams don't pay the bills. So the reality is that, you know, yes, you should be responsible. And of course, you can have faith. Um, you can believe in yourself, but don't allow these fake social media gurus to put you in a, a fucked up mental space where you feel that you're behind because you're just not being this reckless person. Like it's total nonsense, man. Total nonsense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? How do you, um, how do you filter, point, though? How do you filter these people? Well, you know, for me, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, right? So for me personally, like, we could see through bullshit as a mile away, right? That's just how it was, like, growing up where I'm at. And I got thick skin, too. So it's like, I, I can see it a mile away, you know? Like like we spoke about before, right? Like, the fake guru uh, phenomenon that's going on. Everybody's a guru. Everybody knows this. They're, it's like, I look at these guys, like, um, they're kind of like, like, like just a... Uh, low-level hustlers, right? It's like a money grab. Like, you can see through the bullshit. It's like everybody's got some online infomercial where they're going to upsell you for their, their course. They're going to upsell you for their podcast. But it's all bullshit at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Because you don't need to to do what people tell you to do to be successful. What you got to do is have talent, believe in yourself, and execute. That's all you really need. You know what I'm saying? Have talent, believe in yourself, and execute. So at the end of the day, it's like I see through the nonsense, you know, and that's why I'm always focused on just helping people see a realistic perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
there's there's nothing wrong with blazing your own trail. Because the thing is, right, someone can sell you an e-course, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be textbook tailored to you because everybody's journey is different. There might be a woman that's a musician, but she's got two kids, so she's got to work two jobs. She works days, she works nights, she's trying to take care of her kids. She's trying to figure out where's the time for music, right? Then you might have a guy who's also a musician. He has no kids, but he might suffer from depression, right? So he's back. His day every day is just battling, just trying to feel good about himself. So what I'm saying is that there's not, there's never one path, right? The path is always going to be different for everyone else. And as an individual, don't get sucked into this realm of the internet because the reality is that, you know, there's a saying that says, um, you know, don't let the internet fool you because not everyone's posting their failures, right? So everyone's going to show you what's glossed over. Everyone's going to show you the upsell, but they're not going to show you the reality, right? So, you know, run your race. That's what I encourage everybody to do. Run your race, believe in yourself, and um, don't get caught up in feeling like you're falling behind because you're not keeping up with the Joneses. Because trust and believe the Joneses ain't even keeping up with themselves, right? They just <laughs> You're posting everything because it looks sexy, right? It looked good. Oh, you know, a person will say, hey, man, look, I got this placement. But they're not going to tell you about the 10 other fucking placements that they didn't get. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the reality. It's like, you know, it's, it's a duality that this thing. So just always run your race, man. You know what I'm saying? And um, one thing that you asked me, too, to piggyback off of that, because you said, um, do I have, like, you know, a mentor and things like that? And, yeah, like, you know, to be honest with you, I've been blessed uh, throughout my whole career to have really solid mentors, but not only mentors, sponsors. So when I first came in the space, like 2007, I didn't know anything about the same truth. And so Sarah Hunt, you know, rest in peace. That was actually my first mentor in sync. And um, <clears throat> I was blessed because she was such a juggernaut. Like she had so many connections. She knew so many people. She introduced me to uh, Jen Anderson Miller who is the CEO of Audio Socket. So that's another great friend of mine. Um, not only a friend, but like a, a mentor as well in a lot of ways, you know, that she'll guide me. And then I have sponsors too, you know? So I think for a lot of people, what's important is to have a mentor and a sponsor. So for people that don't know the difference, I'll explain it to you. So having a mentor in your life is basically having someone that'll give you critical advice, right? So a mentor is going to say, hey, listen, you want to be successful in the music industry? All right, you should cut a five-song demo, make sure it's sample-free so there's no clearance issues. Uh, these labels are the labels that are looking for new talent like yours. Maybe you should pursue those labels. So that's an example of a mentor because a mentor is going to try to direct you and give you advice. The difference between a mentor and a sponsor, a sponsor is going to put their reputation on the line for you. So I had both. I had mentors, but then I had sponsors who early on in my career, even in the music industry, would say, yo, you're dope. All right, be ready on Wednesday at 8 a.m. because we're going down to the city and I'm going to take you to this A&R up at um, Def Jam Records. So that's the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. Mentor is going to give you great information that's applicable, but a sponsor is going to be willing to put their reputation on the line and actually walk you through the door. And I think it's critical for all individuals, whether you're in music or business or just life in general, find a mentor. Find a sponsor because everything is about relationships. Unfortunately, like people don't want to acknowledge the elephant in the room, but a lot of times it's like people will hate, right? Like they'll say, ah, man, this artist got a record deal because that's so-and-so's son. Or, you know, that singer, she got a deal because, um, 
you know, the CEO of Atlantic Records, that's his niece. He's like, duh. Like, <laughs> you know, this this is reality. That's Everything is relationship. Right. You know, so listen, you can either be a hater or you can do something greater. Right? Don't be a hater. Do something great. I always say it. Don't sit up mm-hmm. there and wallow in misery about what the, you know, the, the landscape is. You can make it work for you. You just got to get a mentor and a sponsor, build those relationships. That's all it is. And once you do it, then you got one person that says, hey, yo, you know what? This is a dope artist. I know him. Let's get him to do something. And before you know it, one person becomes two. Two becomes three. Now you got three mentors. You got six sponsors. And you're building your network and your net worth goes up. So that's all it is, man. Wow, 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 wow. I'm going to run this back a lot of times. (laughs) Yeah, sponsor. The reason I love this so much, and I'm literally goosebumps. Um, and the reason I love this so much is that I've never heard it put this way. We've described it a bunch of time in the, uh, a bunch of times in this in, in this podcast, but never as eloquently as you did right now. So like mentorship versus sponsorship, it's so strong. Uh, and the distinction between them is so clear right now because these people who put their ass on the line for you, their head and ass on the line, is these people we've talked about, I've talked about a few episodes ago, of uh, uh, these are the people from your, your, ne- your network who believe in you enough to talk about you with others and put their stamp on it. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, if the, the Atlantic Records uh, A&R uh, is, knows you and fucks with you, he, he's not just gonna, gonna put your, your, your name in the roster. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to rave about you probably for months before anything is going to happen with that, right? Like, it, it, there right. needs to be, it needs to be a, a something that is, is, is progressively happening. So, I mean, like, I, I feel like that's, that's the reason that uh, you need to follow up as well. It's just like, sometimes you're not in people's minds, but enough nudges with enough nudges they go like oh it's k sparks shit of course i know who's k who k sparks is bring him in you know mm-hmm. but th- there has to be that that um patience and perseverance that i have to say like i'm i sin in not having that a bunch of times uh mm-hmm. i've sinned in not having that a bunch of times and that's kind of like therapy for me because i'm speaking about it but uh, um being able to to understand the distinction between these people who will give you advice and will kind of show you what they've done and the people who are actually actively putting your name uh, in people's mailboxes, so to speak, yes. is just so fucking powerful. So I'm so grateful for that that piece of advice, man. That's Of amazing. course, bro. And, I, you know, and of course, and I'll, I'll give you guys even a, another gem, man, like um, a sponsor for me, right? Big shout out to Otis Williams. The Temptations, legendary group, man. Otis Williams is one of my big homies, you know, and like he he is uh, both. He's like a mentor and a sponsor. So, um, you know, I've done a lot of records for a lot of people. Uh, when it came out not too long ago, like last year, that was a record that I did uh, for The Temptations that came out on Universal. But I'll tell a backstory, and I never told this to anybody before. So Otis stamped me because... On, so they got this song on their 60th anniversary record. It's the first track called Let It Rain. So Otis wanted to do a hip-hop, jazz, soul record. 
that they never did before. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. So I got my producer or whatever. In the midst of all this, one of the cats down at Universal Records is like, yo, all right, they want to do a hip hop record? Yo, we want to get um, Kendrick Lamar on the record. We want Kendrick on it. He's like, yo, who's this Case Sparks dude? Because he, he wasn't familiar to me. Otis was like, nah, Case Sparks is that guy. We're going with him for this. So you see what I'm saying? Like, that's pretty ballsy for someone to put their reputation on the line and say, no, we're not doing that. We're doing this to sponsor you, right? So that's that's a real-time example of, you know, someone actually putting their reputation on the line. Because, you know, most people, like, everything is about clout chasing, right? So everybody's going to go with the bigger name, right? And they're going to go with the bigger act because it's all about brand association. So sometimes people will say, all right, you know, if Beyonce does a song, then they'll say, all right, well, maybe we want her to do it with Megan Thee Stallion because Megan Thee Stallion has a bigger name and a bigger platform. But sometimes, you know, if you take a chance with another artist, magic happens, right? And what people got to remember is that these big names always weren't big names. So it's like a stock, right? When you catch it when it's low, when it goes high, you want to reap the benefits. So that's what happens a lot of times. So, you know, that's a real-time example that I can give you know, as somebody who sponsored me, you know, and went against the grain, you know, and that's happened over and over again in my career. And, you know, I'm blessed, man. But, you know, I, I always say humble's the new cocky. So, you know, being humble will take you places that money can't. So in addition to being talented, when you're also a good person, um, you got good intentions, that speaks value too. So people who want to work with you, you can be the most talented person in the world with the most money. But if you're an asshole, nobody's going to want to deal with you, you know? So that's another gem. Yeah. <laughs> that's like 10 in a row, bro. That's <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> man, I, I, I want to I actually move on. Since you've, you've started your, your publishing and you're, you're doing your thing in the, in the publishing space, and there's kind of this debate, um, I wouldn't say debate, but just like this, this notion of, you either team up with the bigger players or you te- or you just go as a boutique label and kind of pitch to shows and all that kind all that kind of stuff it sounds like you're doing a bit of both how does that work for you as an individual as a publishing entity how does that work for you so you know for me i like to do both because i like to diversify so I don't like to put all my eggs in one basket. For musicians who aren't too familiar with the landscape, you've got a lot of different deals that you can take. You can take exclusive. You can take non-exclusive. Then when it gets more intricate, you've got deals that have certain terms. Certain terms might be for a year, two years, three years, five years. Some deals might be in perpetuity. So for me, because I have so much content and so much music, I like to diversify where my music goes in the capacity that that music is leveraged. So I have deals with like non-exclusive companies. I have exclusive deals with companies as well. I have my own company because what you realize is that you're not always privy to all the opportunities that are out there. So the thing is, is that these companies can be your eyes and ears. So if my company's not privy to a certain brief, for whatever reason, someone will say, hey, we think your song might be good for this and they can pitch it. So that's good because 100% of nothing is nothing, right? So you want to make sure you spread stuff out to as many viable avenues as possible. You know, and I, I stress viable 
because the reality is that just because you're able to get music on a platform or in a library doesn't mean that they're viable. Because I know a lot of people, like you said before, you know, you can have music and outlets and it's just sitting there collecting dust. It's not doing anything for you. It ain't nothing worse than getting some great music you have locked down in some some bullshit exclusive agreement and they're not doing anything for you, you know? So I think that that's key and that's what I use to approach. Because I don't tell people anything that I wouldn't do myself. So that's what I do. Like, always diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know? What do you think about... Um composers having publishing entities is that a must not necessarily you know different strokes for different folks because like i said some things that might work for one artist might not necessarily work for another artist i know um a really good friend of mine shout out to navi beats um great friend of mine we, we worked together for years um navi just did some stuff recently uh with buster rhymes had mariah carry on that track he has a publishing deal you know that works for him for what he does because he produces a lot of tracks. So it's it's lucrative for him in that way where it works out. Some artists might not like to have a publishing deal, right? You want to have that freedom to be able to create and then monetize that music how you see fit, independent of a publishing agreement, right? So I think it depends on what you want as an artist, right? That that's the most important thing to kind of look at the landscape look at ways you can monetize and how you can leverage it best for you. Mm. Word. And the, the, um, the thing that comes from that is like a publishing entity on, on um, like BMI, you know, you can be, you can have a publishing entity, which is mm. different to your um, artist entity. And right. then, I mean, like if you're going for something like a sub pub deal or something like that with a, with the agencies do it as do it sometimes where they they split the publishing with you and mm-hmm. take fifty percent of the the sync fee, um, so that's why I feel like if you are gearing towards something like that, it's important to have have that. But I I still haven't haven't worked with uh, sync agencies directly, so I I haven't done that for myself. I have to say, um, mm-hmm. but it's something on my list. But anyway, it's just uh, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. It's good stuff, man. Um, before we wrap it up, I want to, uh, because, bro, like, you know, what I do, I, I was talking to a friend of mine a few a few days ago, and he has a huge project, and he was like, why are you doing this podcast? And, I, and I'm like, the reason I started doing this podcast is so I can, so I can talk to people and see who's, who's legit, and see who's legit and who I want to, to, to create a relationship with. It's, it's just like, it's podcasting is such a great uh, 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 such a great instrument for that right like mm-hmm. you learn from people but you also are able to have some face time with them so you know what they're about and I don't know like I, I have the feeling first of all that like we, we could chop it out up for hours where, wherever mm-hmm. we would meet like in person or not but mm-hmm. it feels like you feel like a real a real person and I want um I want people to drive to, to see what, what you got going on. So how do people kind of get to educate themselves more through you? Well, definitely, man. So, um, you know, it's a couple of things. So if people want to want to tap in or connect with me, for example, um, I'm on Instagram, right? So it's K-Sparks Music. Uh, also through my company, RhythmCouture.com. And 
like I said, we uh we pride ourselves on helping musicians. Like that's key because people suffer from the lack of knowledge. So when you're not equipped with the tools in your toolbox, then a lot of times you miss out on opportunities and you miss out on great relationships. So that's what we do. We did that. Uh, we do it with our podcast every Monday, St. Music Mondays. Uh, we tackle different topics. Sometimes we tackle topics we create. Then a lot of times it's user submitted. So a lot of users, you know, they'll listeners, they'll submit stuff to us and we dialogue. But also, um, like I said, the easiest way right now is starting this month, we're going to do a monthly one-off where every month for an hour, we do like a free workshop. No upcharge where virtually people can interact with me and my team. So it'll be me, um, JS, a.k.a. The Best, uh, Jay Nolan, Jill Strata, Defenders. And we'll also bring on guests uh, for that one hour. And it'll be an educational platform. But like I said, it's totally free. It's no upcharge. Just paying it forward. So people that do have questions, we can engage with them and try to just help people, man, pay it forward. You know, it's not about a money grab and trying to take advantage because it's enough people in the landscape like that. You know, like we're trying to change the culture, you know, to be be a positive disruptor, you know. That's what's up. That's what's up. We're going to leave that link in the show notes. And yeah, your your YouTube and everything, your Instagrams. And it's, uh, man, I'm grateful um, for you. And I want to know before we 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 wrap up here. What what's one thing you're really grateful? Wow, um, that's a great question, man. You know what? I do a lot of interviews, man, and that's the first time that someone's asked me that question, brother. Right? But that's a great great question. Um, I am thankful for and grateful for. I would say um, life being a teacher. Because, um, you know, I, I experienced a lot in life. And um, without those lessons, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I'll say that, right? So, you know, I, I tell people all the time, never look at anything as a loss. Just look at it as a learning experience, right? So there's never such a such thing as a loss. It's a learning experience because you know moving forward what to do and what not to do. So, you know, I feel blessed and highly favored that I'm able to have learned a lot and still doing so. So, you know, grateful for the lessons uh, that lead to blessings, you know. Man, uh, amazing. Thanks so much for coming on, K-Sparks. You're the man. Any Anytime, brother. Anytime, man. You know, admit Yo, blessings to thanks you, brother. For listening you know, continue success, dance. man. Again, if y'all want to support this podcast, go ahead follow the podcast which is a huge thing it also lets you know when episodes are coming out share the podcast on your socials share the posts on socials and let me know what you think about the podcast as well hit me up on ig hit me up wherever and i'm sending you all the love and see you at the next sync gems episode peace